And uh, if the rest of us please could turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter 10 and verse uh, 18. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 18, this is on page 1151, page 1151, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 15. Verse 18, excuse me. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved but the one whom the Lord commends so let's now uh, come to God in prayer oh Lord God we thank you for your grace we thank you for your goodness to us we thank you for your word Lord please help me to be able to Bring out from your word here the correct meaning and application. We pray that those of us who are already believers will be encouraged, but also, if necessary, challenged and rebuked. And Father, we pray that any who do not yet know Christ, we ask that they will be led to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve him in their lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this verse uh, tells us uh, that the person who is approved, and I think the, uh, the, the way to understand is approved by God, is not the one who commends himself, but rather is the one whom God commends. Now, the um, context is that Paul has been talking about uh, Right boasting and wrong boasting. Right boasting is when we boast about God and what he has done. Verse 17, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. But wrong boasting is when we boast about ourselves. When we say, oh, I've done this, I've done that, and I've done, I'm this, I'm that. That is wrong boasting because we're, we're giving glory to ourselves rather than giving glory to God. And this verse that we're thinking about today is linked with that because it starts with the word for. So this verse is explaining and giving a reason for what Paul said in that previous verse. Let him who boasts boast in the Lord. We should, we should, our boasting should be in God. Because 
It's not the one who commends himself who's approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Now, as we think about this verse, I'd like to do so under uh, four headings. First of all, I'd like us to consider what does it mean to be approved by God? What sense is being talked about? Then secondly, I want to us to consider why it is important to be approved by God. Then I want us to think about who is not approved by God, the person who commends himself. And then I want us to think about the person who is approved by God, which is the person whom God commends. So the first thing uh, I want then to think about is, what does it mean? What does it talk about when it talks about approved? Now the word that's being used there, approved, is a word which which, uh, is often associated with the testing of something to see if it is genuine. And uh, often that testing would have been through through fire, through a process of fire. So, for example, gold would have been tested uh, back in the days uh, by being put in a very, very hot furnace. Because, and because gold does not oxidize, it doesn't, never burns, you heat gold up to a very high temperature and it remains as it is, gold. But if you heat iron up to a very high temperature, it becomes iron oxide. You keep hot copper up to a very high temperature, it, it becomes copper oxide. But gold doesn't oxidize, it just remains gold. And uh, we have an allusion to this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 8 uh, <clears throat> and 9. Let me just check, just check that reference for you. 1 Peter chapter 1. No, it's, uh, we'll pick up from verse 6, 1 Peter 1 verse 6. He says, in this, this salvation you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though refined, tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that word tested there is the same root, the same word as we got here in 2 Corinthians. Tested and approved. Proved to be genuine. So in what sense, uh, what does it mean then to be tested and approved by God? Well, there are two senses. First of all, There's a sense in which God tests and approves those who are truly saved. He knows those who are saved and he he proves their faith to be genuine. That's what Peter talks about there. About how the faith of, of true believers is tested and shown to be the real thing. And Paul says 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 about how we as believers need to test ourselves to check that our faith really is the real thing. Uh, He says, uh, examine yourselves, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are of the faith. Test yourselves. That's the same, again, the same root, the same word as we've got here. Test yourselves. See if you really are the Lord's. So one who is approved by God is one who is a, who is, whom God says about that person, this is a true believer. This is one of mine. You're approved. Genuine. The genuine article, as it were. But there's a second sense as well. Which is that amongst those who are saved, God is keeping an eye on our lives. And those who are true believers, who are living as God wants them to live, are approved by God. Not in the sense that they're justified and they're saved, because they're all true believers are saved. But they're approved by God in terms of their behavior is acceptable to him. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of this. Um, 1 Corinthians, sorry, yeah, two, no, 1 Corinthians, that's right, 1 Corinthians and chapter 10 and verse, uh, if we read verse 18 and then also verse 19, page 1139, it says, In the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe in part, for there must be factions among you, in order that those who are genuine, those who are approved among you, may be recognized. Now, that word there is the same word as what we've had got, got here in this verse in, in 2 Corinthians that we've been looking at. Approved. Now, he's talking to believers here. He's not saying uh, those who are... He's not distinguishing uh, between... At this point, I don't believe, between true and false believers. But he's saying, some of you, yeah, you're believers, but you're not living as God would want you to live. But others are living as God wants you to live. And there are divisions among you in order to show, in order that it might become plain, who are the ones who meet with God's approval in the way that they are working out their obedience to God. And also, this is the sense, I think, that we have in Second Timothy, chapter 2, verse 15, where Timothy says, sorry, where Paul says to Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling, handling the word of God. Look, you're a Christian, yes. But do your work as a Christian, as, an, as, as a teacher, in such a way as God approves. Be a faithful preacher of the gospel. Somebody who rightly handles the word of God, rather than 
wrongly. So we see there are two senses then to this word approved. There's the eternal sense, which would be equivalent to justification when, when uh, God says about you, you're okay in eternal terms because you've been saved through Jesus Christ. But then there's also the sense in which God approves of your obedience as a Christian. And he, uh, he uh, is pleased with it. Uh, that second sense also is what we have in, in Romans uh, chapter 12, where Paul says, uh, 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 in verse um, 2, Romans 12 verse 2, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that by testing or proving, you may discern what is the will of God and, make, and what is good and acceptable and perfect. They, they live out in their lives what it means to be a Christian. It's the same word again as we have had here. They are living acceptable lives to God. Now, um, so there we are. Then This is the, the sense in which it means to be approved. Approved in terms of you're justified before God, but also you live a life which God, as a Christian, which God finds acceptable that is approved by God. Now, second thing is, why is it important to be improved, to be approved by God? Well, it's important to be approved by God because if you're not approved by God in that first sense of being right with God, then you'll spend eternity in hell. Um, think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, as recorded in Matthew chapter 7, where he said, uh, um, uh, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. There are going to be some surprises on the last day. There are going to be people who went through their lives thinking of themselves as Christians. Thinking of themselves that they were going to go to heaven. Some who thought even of themselves as great miracle workers of Christ, for, on the behalf of Christ, doing wonderful things in his name. But it will be revealed on the final day that they never had God's approval. God regards them, Jesus regards them as workers of lawlessness. And they'll be told, go away. They'll be sent to hell. So it's very, very important to, uh, to be approved by God in that, it, that eternal sense, because otherwise you're not saved. But also it's very important to be approved by God even once you're a Christian, to know that approval in the second sense that God is pleased with you 
for the way in which you are, are living as a believer in order that you might know that reward which is given to those who live in a way which who believe, those believers who live in a way which God approves both in this life and in the life to come there is blessing for the for the believer who lives in obedience to God Jesus said didn't he abide in me and I in you if a man abides in me he will bear much fruit But he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. There is no fruit and there is no blessing apart from maintaining a vital and close relationship with the Lord. Now this is something which I think some Christians don't understand because they're so keen to stress, and rightly so, that what justifies us is only faith in Jesus and not our works. That they then fail to realize that having been justified, God does want us to live holy lives. God does want us to live lives which are pleasing to him, which are acceptable to him. That lives that he approves of. And if we don't live such lives as Christians, we will be saved, yes, can't lose your salvation, but we will not know the, the joy and the peace and the satisfaction that we might have known. And we will not be able to glorify God as we would have done if we had lived lives which he finds, which he approves of. You know, it's said, and rightly so, that we who believe are the Objects of God's unconditional love. That's true. God is not going to stop loving you if you're a Christian. But you're not going to experience the blessing of God, as you might have done, if you live in disobedience. That is the, that is the fact of the matter. There is not satisfaction and peace and joy apart from a life of obedience to Christ. We sing that hymn, don't we, which some Christians don't like singing because they think it contradicts justification by faith alone. They, they say, you know that hymn which says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But that's true. You cannot be happy in Christ without obedience. The scripture says, doesn't it? Uh, he, uh, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now who is that? When that is quoted, that's a, that comes from the book of Proverbs, but it's quoted twice in the New Testament, in James and in 1, and in 1 Peter, and in both cases, it's addressed to Christians. If you live a proud life, a disobedient life, as a Christian, you'll find yourself in opposition to God. 
So it's very important that we, we have God's approval for what we're doing. But also it's important for us to have God's approval because otherwise we will not know the reward that we might otherwise have known at the resurrection. Even though we're saved, we might, we might be saved, might go to heaven, but we will not know the reward and the blessing that we might otherwise have known. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, talks about this. No, sorry. Um, let me just sorry. Let me just find the. Yeah, one Corinthians chapter three, and verse ten. Paul speaks about. He says, "According to the grace given to me, like a skilled master, I laid like a skilled master builder. I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid." which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, for it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Now, that's the same words we've got back in 2 Corinthians. Test, approve, will show up. What sort of work each one has done? Verse 14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So it's very important that our lives as Christians meet with God's approval so that so that we will have the reward that God wants us to have on that final day. That we won't, just as it were, scrape into heaven with nothing to show for ourselves as Christians, but, it's, but rather we will come into glory in triumph with a great uh, reward, with great um, uh, uh, um, Blessing and, and, and acclamation from God because we have, we have served him as we should. So we thought then, what, is, what does it mean to, to have this approval? It's, it's the approval in eternal sense that you're saved, but also God's approval on your life as a Christian. Uh, we thought about why it's important because uh, it's important to be approved in the eternal sense so you're saved, but also to, to be approved in our daily lives as believers that we might know God's blessing in this life and that we might know um, uh, the reward in the life to come. Now, the next thing is, let's see who is not approved. Uh, verse, coming back to the, our, our text that we've been, we've been considering, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 18, he says... For it is not the one who commends himself who's approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. It's not self approval, self commendation 
which leads to the approval of God. But it is God's commendation. We'll come to that in a moment, God's commendation. But it's not the one who commends himself. This is where so many go wrong, isn't it? So many talk about their own supposed achievements and imagine that somehow because they do these things, they are approved by God. Uh, some people point to their religious exercises, wherein they see what some Christians, or some who profess to be Christians, the season that some who profess to be Christian call Lent. Oh, I've given up chocolate for a month. What have you given up? Oh, 40 days. What have you given up? People boast about their, their self-denial. They say, oh, I've done this, I've done And some religious people, they go on pilgrimages. They, some will, will talk about how they pray a certain number of times a day. They'll talk about how they give their money away to, to the poor. They're commending themselves. They're saying, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I go to the priest and I say my confession. I do my penances. I go to mass. I got baptized as a baby or I got baptized as, a, as an adult. They point to religious ceremonies and rituals. Thinking and, and they, they, they commend themselves because of these things. And others point to their supposed good works. Oh, you know, I did this for charity. I did a sponsorship of this or that. And I did a sponsored swim around the British Isles or something. And I, I, I've done all these wonderful things. People point to and, and commend themselves for, for their apparent good deeds. What they think of as their good deeds. But this verse tells us it's not the one who commends himself who's approved. Self-commendation, self-congratulation doesn't get you anywhere before God. Why doesn't it get you anywhere? Well, doesn't get you anywhere for two reasons. Number one, because you're not the judge of yourself. God is. And his standard is uh, for your life and for my life is far higher than the standards we give for ourselves. Secondly, it's very foolish and very wrong because we are corrupted in our thinking. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately corrupt. So if you blow your own trumpet and say, oh, look at what I've done, blah, blah, blah. You're giving a very biased account because you don't know the truth about yourself. And I don't know the truth about myself. Now the people who did this today, back in Jesus' day, were the Pharisees. Now we, we perhaps don't realise that the Pharisees 
in Jesus' day would have been regarded as very, very upright people. You know, we, 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 of course, we, we know all that we know about the Pharisees from, from Jesus' negative teaching about them. And you think, oh, they were obviously bad ones. But no, to the, over, to the honest average man in the street, they'd say, whoa, that, that's, that's amazing, a wonderful person. But um, we've got to be uh, so careful because we, we um, but, but, but the reality was about these people was that they, they were boasting about and, and commending themselves, but they didn't have God's commendation. Of course, the, the, the great illustration of this is this story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which is in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. I'll actually read it to you because it's so, it's so full of helpfulness. Uh, Luke 18, verse 9. He told also this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. See, that's the other thing. When you commend yourself... You put down others. The two go together. So he says two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Remember the tax collectors in those days were were dishonest and abused their power to get money out of people by, by false means. I suppose the nearest equivalent would be, I suppose, the mafia today, or gangsters. He said, I fast twice a week. I give tithes, a tenth of all I get. I'm a good person. I, I'm, I'm religious. And... But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified, the tax collector, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, this is the thing. If you... Boast about your own achievements. If you, if you parade yourself, if you, if you uh, uh, put yourself forward and, and, and commend yourself, commend your own religiosity, commend your own good works, you will not have God's approval. And Jesus also talked about this when he was talking about it on the Sermon on the Mount, didn't he? And um, he talked about how it's very important that, that when, we, when we live our lives out before God, we do so not looking for approval from men, not parading ourselves before people, but looking for God's approval. Matthew 6 verse 1, when, beware of practicing your righteousness in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give 
to the needy. Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. I tell you, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your right, left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't tell any other, don't tell other people about your giving. Don't brag about it. Don't boast about it. Don't commend yourself. Oh, you know what? I gave this and that. No. Let that be in, in quiet, in private. As private as you can. See, the hypocrites, that's what they would do. Blast, literally, blast a trumpet. You know, there's great things that happen. Hey, you know, this guy's just about to give a thousand pounds to so-and-so. No, let it be done quietly. Same with prayer. He says, go into your room, shut the door. Don't tell anybody else you're praying. Just go away and shut the door. Be, Be before the Lord. And then the Lord will reward you. And when you... When you, when you fast, don't, don't say, oh, you know, I'm fasting today. No. People don't need to know you're fasting. You just quietly get on with fasting. You do it before the Lord. And so we see then that, that um, the person who is not approved by God is the person who who commends himself, who speaks about himself, who says, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Who is the person then, coming finally then, who is the person who is approved by God? Well, the answer is, the person who is approved by God is the person whom God commends. And that person will be commended by God, first of all, because he or she has come to Jesus and has trusted in Jesus for salvation. The person says, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. There's nothing good about me. my, My religious acts are useless. My good deeds are useless to bring me to God. And... He or she goes to God and says, God, have mercy on me. Just like that that tax collector, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And in that story, the Pharisee and the tax collector, remember Jesus said, that man went home justified. What does that mean, justified? It means declared by God to be righteous. And Paul picks up, it's very interesting that you know, people say that, that um, justification by faith, they say that's in Paul. They say that was not taught by Jesus. But there it is, the word there, in the Gospels. Jesus teaches justification by faith. Amplified by the Apostle Paul, but it's there in the Gospel, in Luke 18. And Paul talks about that in chapter 3 of Romans, as, as we read earlier in our service. That, that we are justified by faith apart from works of the law. Because our sin, for those of us who believe, our sins 
uh, were laid on Jesus. And so the Lord says about us, you're not guilty because Jesus was counted as guilty in your sight. Now, the word justified and, and commend is very similar because what justification means is a declaration by God that you're not guilty. And so in eternal terms, we who believe, if you come to Christ, you put your trust in Jesus, God commends you for Jesus' sake. He declares you to be righteous. He doesn't treat you according to your sins, but he treats you according to what Jesus did on that cross. And you're counted as righteous in his sight. He can, and, and, and therefore you have God's commendation, not because of your own works, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. But then I also mentioned also earlier about how Having believed, God does want us to live lives which are pleasing to him, which are acceptable to him, which, which, uh, which are approved by him. And as we do so, the Lord will commend those who, who do that. We read earlier just now in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, didn't he? If you blast a trumpet as you give to the poor, you'll lose your reward. But if you do it privately, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You pray privately and he will reward you. You give you fast privately. And God, who sees you fasting privately, will reward you. When will that happen? Well, in this life, yes, but also in the life to come. As God commends his servants, those who have, those who have served him faithfully and uprightly. You say, but hang on, haven't you just said we're not saved by our works? That's right, we're not saved by our works. We're saved by Christ alone. But having been saved... As by God's grace and through the Holy Spirit, we, we live as God would have us to live. That will not go unnoticed. Jesus said, didn't he? Whoever gives so much as a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he believes in me, he certainly will not lose his reward. There will be a reward for those who have... Who have who've shown love to other believers because of Christ, for Christ's sake. Because of their own love for the Lord. And uh, the, the Lord talked, talked about this also, didn't he, in, in the parable of the talents. Do you remember the parable of the talents, where, which, is in, which is recorded in Matthew 25? This, this uh, a very rich man, he, he called his slaves together and he, he entrusted his property to his slaves. And he, he went off for a long time. 
And he gave, he gave to one of his slaves five talents, which is a huge sum of money to look after. He gave another of his slaves uh, two talents. And he gave to another of his slaves one talent to look after. And the, one, the slave who'd got, who, who had received the five talents, he, he, went, he, he, he used the money he traded and he invested the money and, and used it well. And he managed to make five more talents. And so when the, when the master came back, he, he called the, the slaves to account and he said, what have you done with the money I entrusted to you? And the first one comes and he says, master, you delivered me five talents. Here, I've made five <coughs> talents more. And the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. What is that talking about? Well, of course, the the master is the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't he? The slaves, well, that's who we are. The talents, that is the gifts that Christ has bestowed, bestowed to us. And if we use the gifts that he's bestowed to us in a faithful way, he'll commend us. Well done. Good and faithful servant. What a wonderful thing that will be to, to hear ringing in your ears. Well done. The Lord Jesus Christ says to you on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. And the, the man who had two talents also, he, he returned with a, with a return. And he also was commended by his master. And so what will lead to the Lord commending us is first we trust in Jesus for salvation. But then as we live a life of obedience to him, we obey his word through the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray. We tell others about Christ. We're generous with what we have. And as we get towards the end of our lives, as if we are faithful to Christ, in those closing moments, those, those illnesses, those weaknesses, you wonder, why am I going through? So maybe somebody's listening to this here or maybe at home, and you say, why am I got all this physical weakness? Why all these trials? Why, why is my life so difficult? Well, here is your opportunity to glorify Christ. Here is your opportunity to say, I still love him. He's still good to me. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That when you get to glory, he might say to you, Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm proud of you for the way in which you honoured me in your illness and in your weakness. You've done well. What a great thing that will be. And you'll say when you get to heaven, I'm so glad the Lord gave me that opportunity to honour him in my illness and in my weakness. So then we've seen then that it's not, let me just read this verse again that we've been thinking about 
this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 18. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. We thought about what is that approval? What is that approval? It's the approval of God. When God approves somebody in the sense that that person is saved through Christ and also approved that person in the sense that having been saved, that person has lived that life of obedience. Why is it important? Because we need to be saved, first of all, but also we need to know God's blessing in this life and the reward that's to come in the life to come. Who is approved by God? Not the person who commends himself. But the person who's approved is the person whom the Lord commends. Now, as we apply this to ourselves, maybe there might be somebody here who doesn't yet know the approval of God in the sense of not being saved. Perhaps God has never said about you that you're one of his children. He's never justified you. You're still in your sins. You're still on your way to hell. Well, I urge you, come to the Lord. Jesus has died on the cross. You can be saved through what Jesus did on that cross. It's so important you get saved quickly because we don't know what's going to happen, do we? I don't want to frighten anybody irrationally but, or give anybody nightmares, but we don't know if this week President Putin will set off a nuclear bomb. Everybody said this time last year, oh, he's never going to invade Ukraine, and suddenly, bang, it happened. We don't know. We don't know if we're going to suddenly be struck down by some terrible illness and we're taken away. So it's really important that you come to Christ while you have the opportunity. That God, that you might have God's approval over your life. But maybe there's also some of us here who are Christians but not really living in obedience to God. Perhaps there's some sin that you're clinging onto in your life, some pet idol. Could it be some habit that you're indulging? Something you're doing in the secrecy of your own bedroom, going on the internet looking at things you shouldn't look at or, or being greedy or lustful or, or bitter or resentful or proud. You know there's something in your life. You're, you, you believe you're a Christian, yes, but you're not walking with the Lord, not obeying the Lord. You will never know happiness until you repent. You'll always be unhappy. You'll always be miserable. There's a saying, isn't there? There's nobody more miserable than a backslidden Christian. It's true. You can never be happy while you're not walking with the Lord. So if you're a Christian, come to him. Repent. Put your life straight. That you might know God's commendation of your life now as a Christian and his commendation in the future on the final day that he might say to you 
Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, I'm sure all of us, in our own different ways, we're all aware of ways in which we fail the Lord. And so I'd like us to sing now, before we come to the Lord's Supper, uh, the hymn Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, number 705, 705.